Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, O Lord, our God. Amen. I have a lot to be grateful for in St. Mary's Upham's Corner. It was there that my wife, Monica, and I started going to church together, and in my vain and fantastical view of the world, I'd like to think that it was the eloquence of this English preacher she'd just met that kept her coming back on a Sunday morning, but she'd tell you the truth, and it was the catfish and collard greens that we ate after the service at Chef Lee's. It was there in that gritty urban church that offered me a much-needed dose of real life, a counterbalance to the closeted world of Harvard, where Monica and I were studying. We trudged a mile through the snow from the tea stop in the Boston weather one very blustery Sunday morning, and we drove kids one summer for their first experience ever of camp, the first time that their hand had touched the ocean and saw wonder come over their faces all in a rush. And it was there that I saw what it can look like to live the words of Jeremiah and seek the welfare, the peace, or in Hebrew, the shalom of the city. What does God's shalom look like, do you imagine, when the city looks like Upham's Corner, Boston? A particular part of town, though, 16 years ago, would look similar today to any number of urban American neighborhoods. It had seen so-called white flight years earlier. The once proud and somewhat stately homes of what had been a predominantly white Catholic neighborhood looked tired and in cases derelict. Graffiti tags belonging to the various gangs that patrolled the streets could be seen everywhere. Drug-related and other violent crime was rife among the youth. So much as that we were discouraged from being out too late after dark. Yet this was only part of the story. Upland's Corner had great food. A string of deeply embedded and highly committed social service agencies and non-profits. It was beautiful in so many ways. And when it lost one of its own, it knew how to honor the dead and to comfort the living. Its streets and stores revealed what comes after the euphemistic phenomenon of white flight, which there saw a vibrant coming together of long-established Caribbean and African-American communities with more recently arrived Cape Verdeans. St. Mary's Episcopal Church reflected this mix well. So much so that sermons had to be preached one line at a time while they were translated into Creole for those whose English was not steady enough to keep track. The food after church was often the only sure square meal that kids in the bustling youth community at St. Mary's could count on that week. The flags of parishioners, various countries of origin, hung from the rafters in the nave and the song we have just sung together, Thank You Lord, around our gospel this morning, was sung every Sunday 
with a richness and a strength of feeling from people who experienced almost painfully that deep sense of gratitude toward God. But the bilingual sermons, the food, the flags, and the singing were just signs of the real faithfulness present there to the God who, in the lived words of Second Timothy, had not given up on being faithful to them. St. Mary's didn't merely abide in the city, reflecting its diversity and its struggles. It moved out toward the city, seeking in the city as Jeremiah encouraged the exiles in Babylon, the shalom, the deep peace and justice of the divine life for all living things, trusting that in the shalom of the city they would indeed find their own. At the heart of this movement out was Father Ellis, first African-American leader of that church and someone who remains the most delightfully unorthodox clergy person I've ever had the pleasure to serve with. Ellis was an old school worker priest who donned his black cassock to roam around the neighborhood, chastising market store owners for profanities on the t-shirts they sold and striding right up to gang members, inviting them to church and to a better chance at life than the streets. He was bold, and he was everywhere. The church had so little money that they never balanced the budget, but they still ran a food bank and an after-school program for scores of kids. And if anyone in Upham's Corner needed help with a kid on the street, Father Ellis was who they turned to. But everybody knew that when those kids went to court, it was Ellis who went with them. When they got off the tracks, it was he who would bring them into his office, careful to leave the door open so that everyone else could hear him give that young man or woman a dressing down. He told me once that his model for ministry was simply to channel his mother. The memory of whose voice bellowing at him down the road, he said, was still enough to send shivers down his spine to that day. When I left St. Mary's, Father Ellis, as he was ubiquitously known, literally asked me for the clergy shirt on my back. Brother, I know I'm going to look better in that shirt than you will. And he did. And I'd like to think that somewhere out in the Midwest where Ellis is reforming the church one clergy person at a time, he still wears that shirt as a reminder of those years of faith in God's city. The parable of another place and time, but the message is simple, isn't it? God is capable of so much more than the limits of our imagined capacities It's true of the church and it's true of our lives. Yet that faithfulness of God that will always be sure and present is an opening we only truly get to see when we step out beyond our certainties and comfort and toward the lives of others. God is already loving and forgiving and transforming just as God is doing in our own life. Seek the shalom of the city, for in its peace you will find your own. Words 
of an ancient and modern need. The exiles of Jeremiah's day needed freeing from the bondage that believed that they could only be defined by what they had lost. Yet it was not enough for them to know that they were free to be God's people in new times and places. They needed to step out beyond that internal conviction and express it within the very place that that had been the cause of their alienation, Babylon. Build your homes, grow your food, nurture your families, fall in love, and seek the peace and justice of God in the place of your discomfort, at the points where you feel the most tension across the border of what you believe you know. For it is there, in the heart of our displacement, that real growth and deeper maturity and a life of true faithfulness is to be found. The life of faith is the life that seeks to step into the spaces for living and transformation that God opens up for us that are by their nature hard because they will stretch us and challenge us, and draw us out of our false sense of security that we somehow know how the world is. The faithfulness of God doesn't act to make it easier for us to step forward in the face of such tension via cheap comforts or shallow platitudes. Instead, it asks us to trust God to go even deeper into that space of unknowing. In this sense, your life will be as rich as it is risked. Your heart will be as loving as it is open to the loves of others. Some of us will march in the pride parade today, not to tell the world how right we are or how wrong those protesters are who will no doubt be ensconced at the turn onto 10th Street. Rather, we march to express the openness of our hearts to all and every expression of human being in all of the diversity God created, a diversity that we are not even beginning to understand, not merely beyond binarisms, but beyond all of the ways that we might seek to reduce the mystery of God's creative power to the limited confines of category or type. God's mystery is everywhere, sitting right next to you now, in fact. Yet we are not called to school the world on how enlightened we are, but to love it and be opened up by it, seeking as our vocation is the life of God that resides in every human being, those who love us and those who struggle to. To be a people who truly do have faith in the city is to be those who will step out into it knowing that such journeys will change us from the inside out. I invite you to seek the shalom of the city. Seek God's deep and everlasting peace and justice for the people around you, you included.
For in that opening up to the creativity and wonder of the divine life around us, you and I will indeed find our own shalom, our own peace, our own place at the divine banquet where all are welcome. I give thanks that this church is still stepping out into this, our city. My commitment to you is that we will only do that more. So be of good courage, dear saints of God. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Honor everyone and love as you are loved forever.